Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My, my name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg? It's cold outside. You sipping some hot chocolate? What you got right now? Oh, I don't have a hot chocolate, Tanner. Oh, come on. What are you doing, my guy? I've got a uh, an Oktoberfest. Ooh, ooh, nice and tasty. Uh, from Wisconsin. So, uh, Scotty. Yeah. Oh, so you're just really proving the point that you think Wisconsin is going to be Oklahoma State in the bowl Well, you know, I didn't think about is that, that. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm already drinking to celebrate my prediction being correct. <laughs> All right. Well... In that case, I would like to move on. <laughs> well, so just just to keep everybody kind of updated on basketball, I actually, it was great. Yesterday I was in Stillwater working on some stuff for my thesis, um, and I just happened to check ESPN, and it said that OSU had a game at uh, 2 o'clock yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So I went, sat by myself. It was a nice little nice little routing of Texas A&M, uh, Corpus Christi, but... You were, you were probably one of 500 fans. Uh, there's, there's, there's more than 500, <laughs> which is understandable, but also you would like, I think you would like Gallagher Iba to be a little bit more full, but, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, so our Big 12 basketball school board in the last week, I know we, last week we recorded on a Thursday to this week we're recording on a Wednesday, so it's not an entire week, but y'all get the gist. Um, so this, this past week, Number eight, Kansas beats number 14, Indiana, by 22 points. It's, it's a nice nice little beat down there. Uh, and then number seven, Texas beats Stanford by 10. So just the top of the Big 12 is continuing to win, which is what you like to see. Yeah. No, I mean, and then the ranked teams for the past week uh, that came out on uh, ranking top 25% on Monday. So we have Kansas at uh, four, uh, Texas at seven. Baylor at 12 and TCU at 20, and that rounds out the top 25 for the Big 12 basketball teams. Uh, and then I'm sure there are a handful that are right outside that top 25 mark. Um, really, every team still has a very, very legitimate shot um, to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, Greg and I actually saw, saw a tweet yesterday from Joe Lenardi talking about um, how. Currently, nine out of the ten teams in the Big 12 would make the tournament right now. The one team being excluded would be Oklahoma State. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's, as a Big 12 fan, I think that's that's really good to hear. It's a good sign for conference play, which obviously at the end, at the end of the year, we know not nine or ten teams will make it to the tournament from the Big 12. But it would be nice to see. I mean, we, we'll get seven or eight in yeah. there, I think. Um, I think usually we do see around six or seven and depending on how competitive the conference is if we're um not too top heavy i think you could see eight teams get in there yeah yeah i totally agree well we'll have to see about kansas kansas and texas by the end of the season but uh yeah excuse me so now that we've we've done our due diligence covered basketball um which also basketball conference play starts in about 10 days from now. So that'll be exciting to cover once that starts, like we've been saying this entire podcast. But that's all right. Uh, Greg, 
we we had some we've we've had two pretty big name players basically declare for the draft over the last week. You wanna you wanna spell those out for us? So honestly, to no surprise of anyone, Max Duggan uh, declares for the draft. Um, it makes a lot of sense. He obviously had a huge year and is looking to capitalize on that. And I mean, I don't think his uh, draft stock will get any higher right. uh, if he stays in school any longer. So it makes plenty of sense for him. His last ride will be um, the college football playoff uh, against Michigan, which we will uh, get to uh, here shortly. Yeah. But Max Duggan, uh, excellent, excellent season. And then honestly, just a stellar career right. uh, overall at TCU. No one really knew of him before this year, but um, he did some he did some good things at TCU prior to um, kind of blowing up this year. Yeah, for sure. And then we also had we had B. John Robinson also um, declaring for the draft, which his situation is a little bit different than Max Duggins because Texas isn't in one of the New Year's six games or in the CFP. He's decided to opt out of the bowl game, which that's a whole whole separate conversation talking about how we feel about that, but. Either way, he won't be available for uh, Texas's game, their their bowl game. Who's there? Who are they? The Alamo Bowl against uh, yes, Washington. Against Washington. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be something that we get to eventually. But um, Greg, today, December twenty first. Happy solstice, but happy early signing day. Period. Depends on uh, depends on who you are, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah no, right. it was a very eventful day. Um, for most Big 12 schools, I would say it was pretty drama-free. Um, I know, I think OU had a uh, few guys that they would have liked to have gotten commits from today that they uh, narrowly missed out on. Uh, OSU missed out on one or two as well. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just recruiting um, and, and those types of things happen. And just because first signing period, first signing day is um, today, there is still a whole other signing period here uh, in February, I believe, is when is when that um, final signing period comes around. So uh, we can go ahead and run through the Big Troll schools that signed top 25 classes, according to 247 Sports. And again, just for you all that aren't aware of how these rankings work, um, so it's based off of these team rankings are based off of quality and quantity. So the more players you sign, the higher your recruiting ranking is going to be, but also the higher quality player you sign. So the four and five star guys will uh, heavily skew your, um, will heavily skew your uh, recruiting class uh, towards the top. So um, Tanner, you want to run us through the yeah. uh, top 25? Yeah, I got it. So Texas had the number three ranked class in the country, which honestly quite impressive. A uh, couple five stars, the the main one being Arch Manning, of course. Um, Oklahoma had the eighth ranked class, very solid. Uh, Brent Venables basically being able to continue signing top uh, recru- recruiting classes even after uh, Lincoln Riley took a lot of their recruits. Um, TCU was eighteen, so they're just steady. Keep the momentum. Yeah, they're just they're yeah. just trying to keep that ship going steady and uh, keep the momentum up. Uh, Tech kind of a surprising. Entrance here, Tech is twenty uh, third, so that's just really good for them. Yeah, I was uh, that say. that is really good, and I, I, you can fact check me on this, Tanner, later. Um, <laughs> but I, if I had to guess, that's probably their best class in a long time. Yeah. Um, 
it's pretty difficult to get a top 25 class, um, especially when you are uh, really not in contention for a lot of those five-star recruits. But Tech's on a very large class, and, and they got some quality players, too. Yeah. Um, they got a handful of four-stars, which, <coughs> excuse me, Joey McGuire uh, is being a former uh, high school football coach in Texas. He's uh, kept all of his uh, kept all of those relationships intact. It seems. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely get more into it, more into the recruiting classes and in the spring and the summer when sports are slowed when they've slowed down a little bit. But that's just kind of a preview into what today's early signing day period looks like. Which I think it's a what. 48-hour, two-day period, something like that. So I think it closes on Friday. I'm honestly not sure, but I know that most guys that signed in this early signing period signed today. Right, right. They want to get it out of the way. Also, the universities want to get it out of the way because they want to know that their guys are committed to them. Yeah, it's not official until you sign on the dotted line. Right, right. And Greg, well, even though today is early signing day, we're still in the middle of the transfer portal opening. What so you're telling me that coaches have to recruit their whole roster, Tanner? Yes, yes. Oh man, they do. Oh man, it must be a tough job. Well, it's not. It's not a requirement. It's if they want to have a functioning <laughs> and whole team next year, they should recruit their current players. Oh man. So I think the only uh, the only two schools that have had a player into the portal since we last talked last week are Baylor and Texas Tech. They both had one player each enter the portal. Um, but we're kind of rolling around, um, to that time frame where, I mean, we saw about 1300 players enter the portal in the last two weeks or so. And it's been two weeks or three weeks. Gosh, I, I I'm not, I've lost track. It's flown by, but in yes. the last few weeks we've seen over a thousand players enter the portal. And so now we are finally starting to see some of these guys commit, um, which we briefly touched on last week, both OU and OSU namely had, um, a handful of guys commit, uh, but now we have a whole. Um, does every team have a transfer portal um, commit now? I think, I think everybody does have a transfer portal commit. Yeah, the only team that hasn't signed uh, one guy is Oklahoma since last week. Now keep in mind, this, yeah, this is just in a six day, a six day period. Right, uh, so since last Thursday. So right, and just gotta always preface with this. So even if your team has lost a lot of talent. You, you can gain some of that talent back in the form of a guy coming in from a, another school. So I just want to – this is from On3. It's very similar to 24-7 sports, but On3 has the stats of how many students have entered, how many players have committed, and then how many players have actually withdrawn, so stayed at their, stayed at their school. So currently we have 1,407, so 1,407 uh, football athletes entered the trainer portal, transfer portal. We have 425 committed. So that's 30%. And then you have 28 players withdrawn. So between committed and withdrawn, that's 32%, meaning that there's 68% of players still yeah. left out there in the portal. That's If you're not feeling great about how many guys left your program earlier this year, then you should you should stay positive with how many guys are still in the portal. And again, we touched on this last week, but you'll, even though, yeah, there are nearly a thousand players still in the portal, but you'll still see, I mean, I, I can't give a number, but you'll still see a handful enter after these bowl games start to wrap up. 
guys will see where they stand after bowl practices. And if they don't like it, um, some of them may choose to enter. And that's just the, um, that's just the era of college sports in which we are currently living in. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to go through each university and we're going to tell you how many guys have signed or committed to each university, but um, we're going to pick up, we're going to pick out a couple key guys that we want to mention because some of the schools honestly have pulled in some great talent over the last week. So Greg Baylor has Baylor has two transfer portal commits in the last week, but uh, there's one guy that we we would like to touch on here. So Keetron Jackson, four-star receiver from Arkansas. Um, this is a great get for Baylor. Uh, they needed needed some help in that uh, receiving department, and Keetron Jackson, from everything that was said about him, was supposed to be one of Arkansas's top receivers next year. He was definitely supposed to start. So you're getting an uh, you're getting a starter from an SEC program. Uh, it, I mean, it's a huge, it's it's a huge get, and he'll fill uh, an immediate need for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Iowa State they they have two two commits. Kansas has one commit from Nebraska. K State has two commits as well. Like I mentioned before, Oklahoma doesn't have any commits since last week, but they still have three very solid commits. Um, they still might have the most. Oh, uh, they still have one of the better players that entered the portal in uh, Deshaun McCullough yeah. from Indiana. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure, like you're mentioning, Greg, after after the bowl games, they'll probably sign a couple more guys. I would imagine so. Um, Oklahoma State has signed three guys since we spoke last week. But uh, Anthony Goodlow, uh, former roommate of Justin Wright from Tulsa. So they both played defense at Tulsa. Anthony Goodlow is a four-star edge, edge rusher. So... That's very good for Oklahoma State that they signed him. He had a lot of very good mm, yeah. uh, Power Five offers, so kind of kind of locking down that that D line. Well, yeah, the D line front four positions, um, especially after you see Trace Ford, um, and and we also have Oklahoma. Excuse me, wow, Oklahoma State also has a couple guys entering the draft, so it's good to see that Oklahoma State is shoring up that edge position there. And then TCU since since last week has signed four guys and this is this was kind of surprising to me. All four of them are SEC transfers. Um yeah it's really good to see. It's interesting. Um I honestly I, I would have to guess that that's a co- coincidence. Um but it's funny some of these high school recruits a lot of their um basis for committing to some of these SEC schools is just based on the fact that they play in the SEC. So you have guys um, and, and two that we wanted to highlight. Um, Jojo Erie. Is that Earl. Pre- Earl. I'm sorry. Jojo <laughs> Earl, a four-star receiver from Alabama. Um, he was one of the uh, highest rated receiver recruits coming out of high school. Um, really good speed. We'll play that slot position for TCU. Um, and then um, – Tommy Brokermeyer, yep, four-star tackle from Alabama as well, uh, teammate of uh, JoJo Earl, and he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. So it's interesting to me because you have high school guys committing to SEC schools based on the fact they play in the SEC, and then these are two young players. Um, I believe the tackle is a freshman, and then JoJo Earl, I believe, uh, 
He's a sophomore, junior. Uh, he still probably has two to three years of eligibility left. So, um, interesting, but uh, really good for TCU. Yep, yep. Uh, so, moving on to Texas. Texas actually has pulled in one guy. Uh, Gavin Holmes, four-star cornerback from Wake Forest. So, shoring up that defense, I mean, they Texas had some some holes in their in their uh defensive back group so it's nice to see for them trying to trying to fill in those gaps. Uh Texas Tech has had two guys in the last week commit and West Virginia has also had two guys in the last week commit, both of them being from Kent State, which is not I don't think that this is a coincidence because Kent State's head coach is actually taking a step down to go coach with uh, Deion Sanders at Colorado, so you're seeing you're okay. seeing a lot of I didn't know that a lot of Kent State Kent State players leaving because their coach also left to go coach with Prime at Colorado, which I love as <laughs> as also as a, a Colorado native. Yes, <laughs> you love to see it. So, Greg, we covered the Armed Forces Bowl and the Guaranteed Rate Bowl last week. We're gonna try. We're gonna attempt. In a reasonable amount of time, which I think we're, we're doing very good so far, in a reasonable amount of time to cover the other six bowl games. This is what I was waiting for. <laughs> I was excited for this. This is, what, this is what everybody's been waiting for. So, first one we're going to touch on is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. It's in Memphis. It'll be Kansas versus Arkansas. First, Kansas's first bowl game in since, what, 2005? 2008, I believe. 2008, Okay. Uh, currently, Arkansas is a three-point favorite. What, what, what are you feeling on this one, Greg? What are your picks? How? Just tell me all your thoughts. You, you made that Oklahoma State pick last week. Is I think you said a twenty-five percent emotional pick. Yeah, I'm gonna be a hundred percent emotional, and I'm gonna pick Kansas. Um, I there is no rhyme or reason for me picking Kansas. I just. I think their defense is going to struggle uh, with KJ Jefferson and Arkansas. Arkansas is a really good offense, um, but Arkansas's defense is also really bad. Um, and Jalen Daniels and company should be able to expose that. Uh, and I also just think that if you take a poll out of the two teams and the two fan bases, I think by far and away, Kansas is the much more happy, happier team to be in this bowl game uh, than Arkansas. So I think that it, Come bowl season, that really has a lot to do with um, the team's attitude, how the team performs. It's like, do you, if you want to be there, and Kansas is very excited to be there, you typically you're going to play better. And Arkansas started off really strong this season and fell off down the stretch. Um, again, I'm sure that they, I'm sure that there's still plenty happy that they're in a bowl game, but um, being their expectations entering the year were probably a bit higher than the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. You were really trying hard to get me to flip there. Uh, that <laughs> that was very, very good reasoning. Oh, thank you. Um, but I, I didn't even say any stats or anything. Just Kansas. Yeah, from just, my heart, Kansas. Well, well, here's here's the deal. There is going to be a team that wins that that wins this game that has Kansas in their name. That's true. It's either Kansas, Kansas, or Arkansas, Kansas. Well, obviously Arkansas, but. I had to throw that in there just for <laughs> just for some giggles. But um I think that KJ Jefferson is just gonna have himself a day with Kansas's defense. I 
Kansas's defense was one of the worst in the Big 12. Pro- probably, probably not the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. But KJ Jefferson can can do it all. He can run. I mean, he's he's basically built like a linebacker. Um, he can run. He can throw. He now, can throw a little bit. Like, like I don't, don't want to give him too much credit here. He, <laughs> like we mentioned before, um, Arkansas actually lost one of their their better wide receivers to the portal. Um, they also lost. Um, I don't believe. Um, oh, remind me his name again. The transfer from OU. He played receiver for them this year. Hmm. He was one of their best receivers this year. Jaden Hazelwood. Ah, yes. Hazelwood. He won't be playing either. So he'll be missing some of his uh, top weapons okay. in this game. Well. There you go. There's a, there's an actual reason for me to pick Kansas. Despite that, I still think that KJ Jefferson is going to have himself a day. Um, Just so we're keeping track, Tanner and I have disagreed so far in three straight <laughs> bowl games. So our records are could be drastically different uh, yeah. come the end of this. And we will be keeping track yes. this time around. So. Uh, We'll, we'll tally it up at the end. Um, yeah, that was a that was actually one of that was a response from one of, one of our listeners was that uh, we should we should keep a tally on on how well we do in the bowl picks and honestly just generally throughout the season. I think we would have if we uh, had started at the beginning of the football season, but um, yeah, definitely bowl seasons uh, pretty unpredictable, so it's fun to pick these games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that'll be uh, that'll. I'm not even sure when this when the Otters on Liberty Bowl is, but it's in about a week. Twenty eighth. We said yeah, yeah, we said it was the twenty eighth. That's right. Uh, before we actually before we move on to the next game, I just want everyone to make it, or I want to make it well aware to everyone that Greg last week picked Baylor over Air Force, which <laughs> that game is happening on December twenty second, which is tomorrow. Um, the weather for that game is supposed to be. Super cold. I mean, everyone. I think everyone in the country is going to get this Arctic freeze. Um, and you know what you would really love to do in an Arctic freeze? You want to run the ball. And guess who's really good at running the ball? Air Force. Okay. We'll see what happens. The, <laughs> line, the line's dropped in favor of Air Force, <laughs> but I'm not wavering from my Baylor pick. <laughs> Besides, that's, I'll get off my soapbox now. But <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the Tax Act Texas Bowl. What a, what a name. That's a lot of T's in there, but... Uh, so th- this will be in Houston. We got Texas Tech versus Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is currently a three and a half point favorite. I, uh, you know, I really didn't do a lot of film work on Ole Miss this year. Um, they made it to a bowl game. Also, they're in the SEC, so there's a lot of teams that make it to bowl games. So I, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about Ole Miss, but I do know how I feel about Tech. They have shown that they'll fight for their coach. They'll they'll play tough in games that maybe don't mean as much. Um, honestly, the the OU game they didn't have the best defensive performance in that game, but they are willing to fight. They found a way. They and, found a way to win. And they, I think, they knew who their quarterback is going to be with Donovan Smith transferring out. So they. They kind of have things settled after a tumultuous season, like just all over the place with quarterbacks being injured and and all this other stuff. And I think that they will do a really good job in this game. I think kind of going back to what you're talking about uh, in the Liberty Bowl, but I think this is a game that Tech is excited about and probably not Ole Miss, but yeah. 
So you're taking tech? I Yes. After all that, I'll take Holmes. No, I'm just kidding. I'll t- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll take tech. <laughs> I'm I'm going to take Texas Tech as well. Uh, this will be the first bowl game we actually agree on. Um, and again, I, I think that Texas Tech has a lot of momentum going right now, uh, just as a program uh, as a whole. And Ole Miss, eh, they're three and a half point favorites, but a lot of times what you'll see in these bowl games is it, it really just comes down to a couple of plays. Um, it comes down to, yeah, who wants to be there more, um, who has more people sitting out. Um, I, I think Tech will get this one done. They, like you said, they know who their quarterback is. Uh, they also have a very underrated defense, um, and that'll be good going up against Lane Kiffin. Honestly, this could be one of the most high-scoring games of the uh, bowl season, not just the Big 12, but the bowl season. Um, it might look pretty similar to that OU game. Um, that happened in Lubbock a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it if it is as high scoring, it'll be great. And if it's not, it'll still be a good game. I think it's one of the more intriguing uh, matchups too, just uh, from a brand perspective. Yeah. I, I I like it. Um, I'll be watching this game. Yeah, Greg and I were talking about it, and we were both talking about before the before we started recording about how difficult this game is to pick. Just both teams are seem to be solid and. Yeah, we, we think Texas Tech will pull it out. Um, let's go eat some Cheez-Its now, Greg. Uh, we it's one of the best bowl games. <laughs> yes, it is. So the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. First of all, great weather this time of year. Even in Orlando, you got just tons of Cheez-Its. You get to go to Disneyland. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. But we got Oklahoma and Florida State. This this one, when Greg and I were going through prep prepping, uh, he told me that Florida State was a nine and a half point favorite, and my, I was I was honestly surprised. I'm not too surprised. I think Florida State. This was a so the bowl selection process. Once you get past the New Year's Six bowls, these bowl games get to choose um, teams from the conferences that that uh, are going to be playing in their bowl games and. Uh, Kind of due to the fact that um, OU is as big of a brand as they are, um, is more or less how they kind of found their way into the Cheez-It-Bowl. Because the Cheez-It-Bowl is one of the, um, I think it's the second best bowl game uh, for the Big 12 that isn't a New Year's Six Bowl. So yeah. I think it goes Alamo Bowl and then Cheez-It-Bowl. And OU at six, is, 6 and 6 is going up against top 15 team in Florida State that went 9 and 3 this year. Um, and honestly, uh, has plenty of momentum themselves. I'm going to take Florida State. Uh, I don't think that this. I don't think this one's going to be particularly close unless Dylan Gabriel can um, play Superman. OU, as we have talked about in previous episodes, they will be missing a, a bunch of depth pieces, um, and the fact that they've had close to 20 guys enter the transfer portal. Uh, that's a good quarter of your roster right there, um, and uh, I don't. I should have looked this up. Is Eric Gray playing in the bowl game, or is he sitting out? As far as I know, he is. We can do a quick. Uh... If if he's sitting out, I I think Florida State runs away with this. But uh, the the nine and a half point favorite, um, the nine and a half point line just just kind of uh, tells me that tells me all I need to know. So I will be taking Florida State. Uh, Tanner, what about you? Yeah. So. Answering your question that you just had, it's it, what I'm reading is that it's unclear 
whether or not he'll play in the bowl game, but he is not officially not. He is officially not coming back next year. He has accepted his uh, senior bowl invite, which basically tells Oklahoma that he won't be returning. Um, yeah, I'm not sure on this one. I think that Florida State had a great season. They have, I think, every right to be an almost 10-point favorite in this game. But if you're an Oklahoma fan, you had a, you've had you had – the last six years have had amazing seasons under Lincoln Riley. The first year he leaves, you have Brent Venables, who you're hoping is going to be a great coach, uh, a Bob Stoops, Barry Switzer-type-esque coach. Um, and sorry, I'm just trying to phrase this into a sentence. I know what I'm trying to say. Um, th- these are the type of games where you can you can win over uh, – a fan base, you yeah. can, you you can win over um, the the heads of your university like this. Your administration. This is these are the type of games where I'm like, okay, if you if you want to like ha- leave a good taste in your fans' mouth after this game, like this is the way to do it: is go out and beat a team. You're almost a ten point underdog. You got nothing to lose. I totally agree with you. You in that in that sense. So honestly, I would expect Oklahoma to come out and maybe. Have a couple of trick plays up their sleeve. Yeah, their their defense is maybe probably, a, maybe a Drake Stoops touchdown pass. Yeah, their their defense <laughs> is going to be absolutely flying around probably. And I think that this is now Brent Venables is probably thinking to himself, okay, so now I know who's going to stick with me. Like I know who's committed to Oklahoma. I know who's committed to this team. We have the guys who have already left Theo Weiss, like all the players who have left, but. I got I got this group of guys, like let's go do it. Let's yeah. just let's just we we're six and six. Let's. I I can see that. I I, I can see that. I I still think that Florida State's just. I I think they're, I think they're too too talented for that for that kind of a thing. I I I can totally see what you're saying. And when people ask like, oh, what do these bowl games matter? Like, what do they mean? Well, I mean, I think you hit it perfectly in that in that it matters because you want momentum going into the offseason especially for all of these teams we're talking about here OU disappointing season but what would make that better beating Florida State in a bowl game absolutely so I I can see that I just don't think that they have the the weapons or the depth to get it done yeah that that's that's understandable uh we, we will agree to disagree once again I don't know how many times this is. I don't know. Do we like each other at this point? I'm not sure. Um, One of us could go. I don't know. We 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 could end up perfectly even and just get go fifty fifty on these, but we'll see. We could. We could. Um, so next, we're gonna head down to San Antonio. My got, favorite bowl game. Yes, it is uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl. Um, where? What arena is this? This is at. This is indoors, right? This is where UTS yeah, plays. Yes, UTSA plays. Alamo Dome. Yes, yes. That's glorified home game for Texas. There, <laughs> they have a bunch of fans in San Antonio, so uh, this will essentially be a uh, Texas home game. Yes. Yeah, so we got Texas versus Washington. Um, Texas is this is the first bowl game, at least that we've talked about tonight, that is where we have a Big Twelve favorite. Um, yeah, we got some tough match. Big, the Big Twelve teams have tough matchups this year. Yeah, um, bowl game wise, this one is this one's kind of interesting to me in that Texas is a four point favorite. Washington had a 
they had a decent year. Um, but Texas has, like we mentioned before, Bijan Robinson sitting out, who's RB1. Yeah. They have Roshan Johnson sitting out, which is RB2. So your run game's not looking great. And then Demarion, oh, Demarion, right? Demarion Overshone is also sitting out. So great, absolutely their great, leading tackler. great so, player on the defensive side. Yeah. If if you're ever watching a Texas game, he's the he's the armband guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting for sure. I love the Alamo Bowl. I think it's a great bowl game. I love that they. They haven't wavered on the name. A lot of these, a lot of these sponsors continue to fluctuate. The Valera Alma Bowl seems to be a staple, and in that sense, I, in my opinion, it's gained a lot of uh, uh, like social status. Like it, it, there's been some classic Alma Bowls. Like when I think of the Alma Bowl, I, I think of the TCU comeback against Oregon uh, six or seven years ago when they were down 31, uh, and then I think it ended up going into like triple overtime, and, and TCU pulled it out. But I. This, this is a tough game to pick, as all of these games are, because, again, uh, especially with the two games we talked about uh, in, in the last episode, you don't really know uh, what you're going to get with a lot of these teams that have guys sitting out. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to take Washington. Um, from what I'm aware of, they have no one sitting out. Their quarterback, uh, Michael Penix, um, he announced he was coming back next season, uh, which for Washington, that's uh, great for them. He's one of the better uh, quarterbacks in that conference and arguably in the country. So for that reason, I'm going to take Washington. Um, if Texas has, uh, if Texas had Bijan uh, or even Roshan Johnson, um, if they were at full strength, I think I would, I would confidently take Texas. But for Texas to win this game, they're going to be relying on the arm of Quinn Ewers solely. I think uh, that they they should be able to run the ball okay, um, but they're going to be relying on Quinn Ewers, whereas uh, this year, um, up to this point, they've been, it's been when they have had to rely on Quinn Evers has been when, um, they've lost. So I'll take Washington. Greg, you stole every reason I was going to pick Washington out of my mouth. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have that much else to say other than I could basically what I, to all of our listeners, what I'm about to do is I'm going to go in there, clips, clip what Greg just said. Copy and paste it into what I'm saying right now, and then <laughs> you'll have two of the same thing over and over again. Because I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. I, my, my biggest point and your last point that you just made was how uh, Quinn Ewers has had a kind of an iffy year, and mostly when they when they've had to rely on him. And yeah, I. I, I see Washington pulling this one out. I think this one will be close because I do think that Quinn Ewers will have probably a decent a decent game. But oh yeah, I can see him playing well. I just I don't know if, if relying solely on him is going to win them this game. Exactly. All right, we're down to the final two bowl games. Well, actually, we could have a third one, and if we do, we will. Uh, that'll be a special special preview. Yes. So first, before we get to that that the last one. Uh, we have the All-State Sugar Bowl, New Orleans, Nolens, Dolan, great game, Kansas State, wa- oh, gosh, I was thinking about the last game, Kansas State, Alabama. Uh, currently, Alabama is a six-point favorite. Um, I'll, I'll start. Kind of like what you said on the, on the, uh, 
gosh, I why where am I at right now? Kansas, what you're talking about on the Kansas and Arkansas game, you're saying fully emotional Kansas. I'm fully emotional K State. <laughs> um, I I see that. I see that. This is I'm not really sure when uh, the last time a Big Twelve team played a SEC team in a well, I guess last year Baylor. Oh yeah, Baylor. Baylor ba- beat up on Ole Miss. Baylor beat up on Ole Miss, but. The last time, basically, a, a Bama or a Georgia, it's been a while. Played a top team from the yeah. Big Twelve, so I'm I'm very very excited about this game. Um, I personally, I just want Kansas State to show Alabama what a what a really disciplined team looks like. <laughs> um, I've been I've been talking it all year. Uh, I finally get the chance to to actually pick Kansas State against. An opponent who's probably more talented than them, but uh, the old adage. Uh, oh gosh, I totally forgot it. Uh, Tanner loves his discipline teams. <laughs> that's my that's my phrase. Um, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. There it is. It took cr- me a it's minute. It's the cringiest phrase of all time. In but sports. it's true. It's so true, and you know it. It's, you- it's true at times. I'm going to take <laughs> Alabama. Um, I would oh love, gosh. I would love to pick Kansas state and I'm going to be cheering for Kansas state full, full, full clarity. I don't think you um, can do that. That's, that's I lie. totally can. That's I, I totally nope. can. I'll have my purple on. I have my purple on right now. Actually, uh, it's not Kansas state gear, but it is purple. So it's honestly like TCU kind of, it's a deep, deep purple. Well, you, Hey, you can't ruin my uh, next pick. Um, uh, no, I'm going to take Alabama. I think. Prior to um, any announcements when this when this game was released, a lot of people thought that uh, Alabama would have some key players sitting out of this game, being that, you know, for them, playoff or bust, it feels like. This is, uh, even though it's a New Year's Six Bowl, most Alabama fans would probably say, yep, disappointing year, uh, whereas Kansas State is absolutely thrilled to be in this game. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not going to make the playoff, this is the best bowl game for a Big 12 team, um, being that this is where the uh, Big 12 champion uh, plays in bowl season. So um, I know that sounded like a lot of good for Kansas State, but uh, Bryce Young and uh, all of those guys announced they are playing. Bryce who? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'll take Alabama. I'm No, no rhyme or reason other than uh, there are, Alabama will be at full strength, but I'll be cheering for Kansas State. Ema baby, Ema. For non Kansas State fans, that means every man a wildcat. So, and finally, not the big daddy, but but the biggest bowl game that will definitely be played this season in the Big Twelve, the VRBO Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we got TCU versus Michigan. Two versus three. Michigan is currently a seven and a half point favorite. Greg, what do you got? TCU and inject it into my veins. I'm so <laughs> ready for this game. I'm so ready for this. I I think that this is the perfect matchup for them. Um, now, this is going to sound really Big 12 homer of me, um, but I personally don't think that the Big 10 conference is that good. I think they're a little overrated. It's very top heavy. The Big 12, uh, as uh, you all know, is, uh, for lack of better words, it's even. It's very competitive. You don't have a, 
you don't have a Rutgers, you don't have a um, Indiana, you don't have Michigan State this year. I, I mean, the Big Ten, uh, Michigan practically had six bye weeks this year. Um, their non-conference schedule was extremely weak. Their um, non-conference schedule was one of the easiest in all the Power Five. Yeah, and, and that's not even, yeah, yeah, it it was honestly laughable. Um, but I'm going to take TCU. I know that um, Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite, um, which I think, again, is just more based on the brand um, than anything else. Um, maybe a little bit of respect towards the Big Ten that I think is a little bit of a, a misconception. So I'm going to take TCU. Um, and again, I'm, uh, I'm going to be rooting for them really hard uh, because I would love to see I would love to see TCU uh, take down Michigan. Greg, I have I have three words and three words only for you on this game: Texas Christian University. Let's that's, go. That's it. That that's all there is. I don't feel like I need to say anything more about it. This is a Big Twelve podcast. We love the Big Twelve, but also. You have Blake Corum, who had a yeah, season-ending injury, out. which, to be fair, their backup, Michigan's backup running back is very good. But Blake Corum was the heart and soul of that offense. He was the engine that made everything else work. And with him being out, I think, I think you're going to see some deficiencies in Michigan's offense that they didn't have at the beginning of this year with, with Blake Corum still in the lineup. But, yeah, so I went – a lot more than three words, but yes, Texas Christian University. So at least we can agree on this last pick, and hopefully, what, what hopefully was, we'll get one more to preview. Yeah, right. that would be that would be amazing. Um, we might have we might make different picks in that game, but uh, we'll have to see when that time comes. But that's all we have for you tonight. Anything else you want to mention, Greg? I mean, regardless of my picks, I'll still be rooting for all the Big 12 teams, just like I do every year. Um, be really excited to watch Baylor and Air Force tomorrow. That's weirdly the game that Tanner and I, I think, are most competitive on and disagree the most on. So <laughs> I will be, uh, I'll be rooting for Baylor, and um, he'll be uh, probably be rooting for Air Force. Don't tell anyone. But sorry, 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 sorry. Well, actually, I'm not sorry, but um, yeah. So. Once again, everybody, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want us to stop the podcast, well, you need to DM us and tell us that. Uh, we Maybe don't say that. <laughs> yes, you don't. Please don't say that. We're, we're having a ton of fun doing this. But yeah, if anybody has any questions or comments or concerns, please reach out to us. Uh, we're friendly. We don't bite. And we just want this to be a platform for Big 12 fans to voice their frustrations or joy joyfulness with their program so yeah reach out to us um we will have another episode out to you guys next week uh we thank you we love you we have we hope you have a great night goodbye